podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to the Villa View. It's time for a match preview as Villa head to the Olympic Stadium. I very nearly said Upton Park there on Sunday at two o'clock to face West Ham. This show is sponsored by Luke Roper. If you use the code TVV20, you'll get 20% off everything that Luke have to offer. Delighted to be joined by Villa fan and my Sky Sports News transfer talk colleague, Dave Reed, this fine Friday afternoon. Dave, how are you? Very well, thank you. Thank you very much for, for inviting me on. I'm obviously very familiar with your work, so uh, very pleased to be allowed on here and uh, and have a chat about the villa. I know you said you, you're allowed on, like you've been, been forbidden previously. I've never stopped, never stopped you from coming on, Dave. I just, just didn't know you until, until the, the last year or so. But yeah, great to have you on. Enjoyed working with you at Sky and I'm sure I'll enjoy talking to you today as well. Villa head to West Ham in decent form, Dave. A couple of wins in a row, three defeats before that. But I guess the most pleasing thing at the moment is, well, it will be for an IMRI anyway, is the, the two clean sheets because they were shipping goals for fun the games previously. Yeah, absolutely. I think... When he first came in, it was it was kind of needs must really. We needed to pick up some results, and we needed to pick up results quickly after after what happened earlier in the season and the start. So, I think particularly it, it was it was obvious, wasn't it, after those defeats that we needed to keep some clean sheets, and now we've done it, and hopefully we can get another one on Sunday as well. I think we've looked really solid, to be fair, at the back, and teams haven't really looked like they're going to score against us in the last couple of mm. games. Whereas perhaps we looked a little bit vulnerable in the in the previous games, but certainly things have tightened up the last couple of games. Let's hope it continues this weekend. Yeah, the only scare I remember in the last couple of games was the one where Conser was lying on the floor for what felt like an eternity and the ball was going wide and it hit him and bounced into a dangerous area. But other than that, I don't remember us being too troubled. Palace obviously did have the ball in the back of the net in, in the last game, but it got disallowed rightly for offside. But other than that, they didn't really cause us too many problems and I guess it's just about finding these different different ways to win seeing out a game and winning it 1-0 but being comfortable is refreshing from a Villa perspective because over the years that just hasn't been something that Villa have managed to do or, or been able to do the big loss though this week is Bubakar Kamara irreplaceable in that midfield really not only does he break up the play he also starts a lot of attacks for Villa as well just a, an all-round brilliant Number six, and although I think Douglas Louise can do some of the things that Kamara can do, it's that breaking up of the play, especially against West Ham's midfield. That's where Villa are going to really miss him. Yeah, it's his breaking up of the play. It's his game intelligence as well, being able to read the game, being in the right position at the right time. And sometimes, you know, you can you can do all the coaching sessions in the world, but sometimes it's just in the mind and it comes natural to players and it seems like it comes naturally to Bubakar Kamara that he is in the right place at the right time and he knows exactly where he needs to be. And you use the word irreplaceable there. He really is irreplaceable. And I think pound for pound, you know, some Villa fans might argue that Emi Martinez is our best player, but Kamara for me, pound for pound, is our, is our best player. And when you're without your best player, that affects the team. So it'd be interesting to see what he does. But not only are we going to miss him breaking up the play, we're going to miss him taking the ball under pressure, wriggling out of holes, bringing the ball forward, making those passes. It's his all-round game that we're going to miss this weekend. and He really is irreplaceable. And, you know, whoever comes in for him, it's not like it's not going to be a like-for-like replacement. It's going to be someone who can do a job 
and that's the stage we're at someone being able to do a job in there at the moment yeah, it doesn't sound like it's going to be Leander Dendonka he's had a domestic injury I presume that means he's been done something in the kitchen or some DIY or something I'm not exactly sure what that means but it doesn't sound like it, it'll be him it sounds like he's a doubt I don't think he'll move McGinn or Ramsey inside because I think if he was going to do that, I think he probably would have done it when Kamara went off injured on, on Saturday against Palace. So you do kind of get the feeling it may be Callum Chambers that plays there again. He, he did okay against Palace, did, had a nice little run at one point. But like you said, it's not like for like. He'll do certain things well. And it sounds like Diego Carlos might actually be able to be the centre-back option to come into the bench then, which is also a positive but we've seen when Martinez is out and you go down to Olsen, the drop is big and this is going to be another big drop. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. You know, I, I think that he might make a case for, for putting McGinn in there. Um, Do you think even because he's just been playing so well wide, he's just found his form, got it back to his best being able to go forwards. So then if you put him back in the defensive midfield role, you're again kind of taking away the stuff that he's good at. I, I, I totally agree with you. And for McGinn, it feels like the role that he's in now it feels perfect for him and it allows him to use his physical attributes to help out in defence. It doesn't mean that he's kind of in those moments under pressure like Kamara is and Kamara is able mm. to pull out of them. Perhaps McGinn doesn't have that skill set. McGinn's also playing in a position now where he's not having to make big switches, ping 30, 40 yard balls, which perhaps his consistency hasn't been the best on that front the position he's in has enabled him to not only be physically good and be tracking back and helping out in the right wing-back position almost, but also it allows him to play in that kind of half space on the right-hand side between the, the, the opposition's left-back and left-centre-back where he's able to do some damage in the final third as well. So I agree that that position for McGinn feels like his best option at the moment. I just maybe think that Unai Emery might go for someone that he can trust alongside Douglas Louise and someone who knows a bit about the position. And that's the only kind of thing I can think of a reasoning why he would go with McGinn over Callum Chambers. The fact that, you know, yes, he's playing well in his, in his position at the moment, but the fact that he can come in and he's played there before, he knows what to do. He knows the demands of the manager. I feel like that might give him the nod. And, and particularly as well, you know, the central midfield area is going to be vital on Sunday up, up against probably Rice, Sochek, Pakatar, if he's fit, I know he had a bit of a niggle last night against Larnaca. So I think that central midfield area is going to be vital. Does he want someone who hasn't got a lot of minutes under their belt in there? That, that's the only thing I can think. I, I don't think he's going to bring Ramsey back inside. No. Again, it feels like that position where he is now is the right one for him. And I must admit, you know, when Unai Emery first came in and Ramsey was on playing in that McGinn position on the, on the kind of right-hand side. I was a little bit unsure because I do feel like it takes away a little bit of his attacking instincts when he's kind of tracking back. And I do think he's better when he's driving with the ball, but certainly he can drive with the ball from deep. You know, again, like McGinn, physically, he's right up there. You know, he can do the minutes. He, he's got the minutes in his legs. So I think that's the, the ideal position for him as well. So I don't see Ramsey going back in there. And I must say, this, I'm a little bit, disappointed for Dendonka, you know, this would be an ideal opportunity for him to maybe stamp his authority on a starting position. He's just not managed to hold down a place consistently in the team and it feels like this weekend was a good opportunity for him to do so and 
he's picked up whatever this domestic injury is and it's kind of knocked him back down the pecking order again. So disappointed for him. But it looks like it's either going to be McGinn or Chambers that, that gets the nod in that central midfield area. But you're right, you know, Douglas Louise can do some of the things that Kamara can do, but he can't do all the things that Kamara can do. And actually, I think having Kamara alongside Louise has brought out the best in Douglas Louise as well. He's a better yeah. player with Kamara alongside him. It's a good partnership. It is a good partnership. They balance each other out. So a lot of responsibility will fall on, on Douglas Louise this weekend. It's kind of reverting back to his 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 role previously. So fingers crossed he can do it. So it's, it'll be a toss-up, won't it? I think between McGinn and Chambers. Yeah, I'm the same as you. I'd have kind of been at ease with Den Dunker because you know what he's good at. You know what he can do and what he can't do. But that's his position. That's the position he plays in defensive midfield. And I think people forget in Unai Emery's first game, Villa outplayed Manchester United. And it was Den Dunker and Louise that, that was the midfield. That day, I know Manchester United were, were missing Bruno. But, you know, it was still a strong Manchester United team that day. It was Emery's first game. And Villa, Villa deserved that win. And since then, Nakamba, Sanson, people that would have perhaps come into contention to play there have been deemed not good enough. So Emery's got rid of them. So we're definitely short in there, but I feel a lot better if it was Den Donker coming in. I, I guess from Emery's press conference, I'd take it as a positive. The language he was he was using, the way he was speaking about Kamara, didn't get the impression he was going to be out for ages. It sounded like he was re- recovering well, and we know from the past injury that he can get back quicker than he's anticipated he's going to. So hopefully Kamara will be back sooner rather than later. McGinn was to move inside. I guess that means either Bailey or Duran would, would, would come into the team. Maybe the Buendia could play from the right. I don't know. But let's talk about West Ham having a, a disastrous season, really, aren't they? I mean, two great years under David Moyes, sixth and seventh, probably were looking to finish around the same kind of placement again, but it's just turned into a disaster. And I remember Moyes at Everton, they'd have these seasons where they'd finish sixth, seventh, push towards the top four, and then they'd throw in like a season where they'd, they'd be in relegation trouble. It feels like that they're in, in serious trouble. As, out of all the, the, the bigger teams, I discount Everton in that. They're the ones that feel like they're most fallible at, at the moment. It wasn't a good look for them last week, getting pumped at Brighton. And I just think they've gone away from what made them good over the last two seasons. The, the signings, they don't really seem to me like David Moyes type players. And they've paid the price because they're struggling and they're in very, very real danger of going down. Yeah, and... I think, you know, West Ham fans were talking about Skamaka hardly getting a look in last night. Mikhail Antonio scored, uh, started and, and scored. And, um, yeah, I mean, you, you would expect Jared Bowen to come in uh, back into the into the starting eleven, um, But West Ham, there's no doubt they've underperformed. And I think David Moyes lost, it seemed anyway, a section of the support in that defeat by Brighton. And I think that's going to be key because the fans are going to be on it at the weekend and if Villa can just kind of quieten them down a little bit it won't take long before the atmosphere becomes difficult for West Ham and not only is it going to be kind of fervent from the off I think it'll be interesting to see how the Villa players cope and try to stay calm in that situation. Emery's talked a lot about He's wanting his players to stay calm and stick to the game and not lose their heads and not end up pumping long balls. You can guarantee that West Ham are going to be all over us in the first 10 minutes, pressing us as much as they possibly can. And it will be about how the Villa players can stay calm, stick to their game plan, try and dominate the ball if we can, quieten the crowd down. And then once that crowd get on the backs of the West Ham players, we can start to play a little bit more. 
there's no doubt that West Ham have, have underperformed this year. You know, West Ham fans will be looking, as you say, towards that top six, seven. And the fact that they're not there, you know, ramps up the pressure more on David Moyes. And he, he talked about the, um, I think it was the Forest game that they quite comfortably won, saying that was a big, big game. I think, you know, following that defeat against Brighton, this this game for them becomes a massive game as well. So it'll be it'll be a tough tough atmosphere at the weekend. So it'd be interesting to see how how the Villa players react. It's one of those atmospheres that I think it will be easy for Villa to make it suit them. I think Villa need to basically follow the same kind of game plan that they did at Everton a, a few weeks ago, and we all know how good Villa have been away from home under Emery, the joint best record in the entirety of the Premier League since Emery came in. If Villa can keep that West Ham crowd down and get to 20 minutes at nil-nil, I've no problem with Villa just trying to frustrate them and make it a difficult place for West Ham to play because I think that's their best chance of winning the game because once the fans start getting frustrated, it can become a really tough place for home players to play, a little bit like Goodison Park, a little bit like Villa Park can be at times for players as well. So Villa can just kind of ride an early storm that, that might come. I think they stand a good chance of, of going and getting what they what they want from the game. I'd be very happy with it to just follow the same pattern as that Everton game. Now I've witnessed the Everton game, which in the first half I thought Villa were terrible at the time. But now I've seen Villa come through that. I'm kind of content for that kind of thing to happen again. And if Villa can get ahead, I think they'll go on and go on and win the game because that West Ham crowd will probably turn a little bit toxic. Yeah. And I think um I think defensively West Ham have got issues at the moment. I'm not sure yeah. they quite know their best. Back four. All season, um, that's been the case. Or sometimes yeah. it's the back three as well, isn't it? The keeper's out as well. Yeah. So there's a little bit of vulnerability there. And if we're able to, you know, put them under pressure as much as possible, maybe not necessarily early in the game, but as the game goes on, you feel like they'll give up chances for you. So, yeah, I think defensively West Ham are gettable. And I think, you know, forward players... They've obviously brought in Danny Ings, but I think forward players, they've struggled to score goals this season. So that's kind of, I mean, it's, it's a combination of things, isn't it? Always when a team's down there, they've struggled defensively, not only with consistency, but finding their best back four and then scoring goals has been an issue for them as well. You, you, you combine that with the fact that, you know, Declan Rice has taken a little bit of criticism in recent weeks, but I still think he's probably been their best player this season. But he has been underperforming. And it makes for a, a difficult season. And that's what David Moyes is having to contend with. He's having to contend with injuries, players out of form and players missing chances. Yeah, it's one of those ones with Declan Rice where he's comfortably West Ham's best player. But he's almost trying to do too much or having to do too much because the rest of the team isn't functioning as it should. So he's kind of trying to be that defensive midfielder, but also trying to be the guy that drives forward and he's trying to trying to get goals now. He'll often have to drop into the to the defence because they're struggling at, at the back. So he's kind of having to do a little bit of everything at the moment, Declan Rice, and it's it's probably weighing him down down a little bit. And you know he'll probably be leaving West Ham in the summer, but he won't want to leave West Ham as a championship team. And he's someone who's had a few good games against Villa over the last few years as, as well. But he's taking criticism, which I, which I think is a little bit harsh. But I do think he's having to do a little bit too much in that, in that West Ham midfield at the moment. It does feel a little bit written in the script that Danny Ings may score at, at the weekend. We know as, as Villa fans, he always did great against his old teams. And now we fall into that category, Dave. I know. I mean, it feels inevitable, doesn't it? It feels He's got a great record, hasn't he, of scoring against Villa. Uh, I think yeah, I, saw... I forgot about that. He's got that as well on his side. Yeah. yeah. So it feels like it's written in the stars uh, that uh, 
that he's gonna uh, that he's gonna score. So yeah, I mean, the way the way West Ham create chances, you know, they're looking for crosses into the box. So it'll be interesting to see how Villa handle that. Um, I think you know aerially they're strong as well with Sochek, with Declan Rice, with the defenders as well. So maybe maybe that's another reason why you know Callum Chambers might come in, given an extra, extra bit of aerial aerial help in there. Mm. So, but yeah, I mean Danny Ings. It, it's one of those that I mean I, I know we talked over over the January window that it felt like it was the right time for him to move on just because of the price that we got and the fact that his contracts was coming to an end uh, next year so it felt like the right time for him to go but you know it gives it'll give him extra motivation won't it at the weekend no doubt about it yeah I think it was a amicable parting of wise I think if he was to score against Villa I don't see him celebrating I still don't think he suits West Ham I think they've made a lot of signings over the last 12 months really that don't really suit what they're trying to do well more the last two transfer windows and I think Danny Ings maybe falls into that category but last time out at home against Forest he got a couple of goals so he, you know, he's, he's off the mark for, for them I'd maybe be a bit more worried actually coming in against Villa if he hadn't have got off the mark in, in, in some ways because we always seem to be the team that players score their first goals against but I'd expect him to play although I guess Antonio scored two last night so maybe Ings won't even play I mean yeah Dan, I think Danny Ings was on the bench last night so I mean I, I would expect him I would expect him to come in I know I mean I know I know Antonio scored last night but I saw a little bit of the game last night and Larnica were no they were no great sh- shakes really and, and Antonio just completely dominated up there so I think against better defenders, I think David Moyes might might bring Danny Ings back in. And and I know we kind of say that um, it doesn't quite suit West Ham, but when you're struggling down the bottom and you need goals, I don't think there's many better out there than Danny Ings at getting goals in the Premier League. So he may not suit the way they play, but if you need someone to pop up and get you a goal, whether it's starting, whether it's off the bench, it's to have those instincts to be in the right place at the right time. Is it a natural goal scorer? I think I don't think there's too many better than Danny Ings, so they'll be re- relying on him to perhaps get them the goals that move them away from that bottom uh, bottom half of the table. Well, near the relegation zone now. Yeah, I mean Bowen's output last season was sensational, but his numbers are, are definitely down from from what they were this time last year. So they they have struggled in general. But yeah, let's hope Ings doesn't pop up and haunt his old team. Before I let you go, Dave, let's have a prediction from you. What are you thinking will happen on Sunday at two o'clock? Uh, I think uh, we're going to score early. I think we're going to score early and the crowd will turn on David Moyes and I think we'll then probably score late maybe in the game and we'll go for a 2-0 win. How about okay. that? I, I like it. I'm all, I'm all here for, for predictions of Villa to win. I'm going to go for, for 2-1 to, to Villa. I think West Ham maybe will we'll, we'll score first. I'm going to go the opposite as you. I think West Ham might score early, but I fancy Villa at the moment. Fancy Watkins to, to get on the score sheet. I've put him on my fantasy football bench as well because I feel if I, if I bench a Villa player, <laughs> they're more likely to do well. So I've, I've gone with that notion ahead of this one. But thanks ever so much for talking to me today, Dave. been a pleasure to see you and speak to you and definitely have you on again. And yeah, enjoy the rest of your day at work, what you've got left at Score Sports News. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, great to great to be on. So yeah, anytime, anytime, I'll come come back. Yeah, definitely get you on again for sure. Thanks ever so much to everyone who's tuned in live. I think there's 157 of you at the moment. Not ideal time for doing a live. So thanks to those that have joined and watched live, and thanks to those that will go on and view as well. We'll be back 
at some point, maybe on Sunday night with a post-match pint after Villa's game at the Olympic Stadium. And then we'll have 1874 on Monday as usual. And we'll carry on with our usual schedule. You all know it by now. But if you don't, subscribe to the channel with your post notifications on. Even if you do know the schedule, subscribe with your post notifications on. Anyway, have a good Friday night. And as ever, up the Villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.